Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. One of the things that I love about the church of old is the hymns. And many times in the contemporary church, we don't sing the hymns anymore. They were simple, but they give us strength. Can we just sing that again? Oh, how I love Jesus. the good news. Because you first love me. And if you know Jesus first love you, can we just utter something to him? Just tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much you're grateful for him. Tell him that, that, that there's none like him. Come on, begin to bless his name with the fruit of your lips. Begin to tell God how much you care about him. How grateful you are for his grace. Thank you, God, for first loving us. That's the only reason we love you. And every believer, give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. It's so good to know that he first loved us. Minister Dominique says something critical in his exhortation. That God is the only one who will have communion with those that betray him. And knowing how our lives have been, we've betrayed Jesus, but yet he still has communion with us. That's good news to me. If we could just stand to our feet, I want us to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. If you were here for pre-service prayer, we ask that you keep our very own Kimberly Ruth in prayer. She lost her grandmother over this, this past week actually on Friday so whenever you're in prayer just lift up her name and lift up the Ruth family in prayer 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 I want to look at verses 3 through 6 hey my mama is in the house y'all can y'all say hey mama <laughs> always good to have my mom in the house I'm reading from the new King James version of the Bible the Bible says this for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Somebody shout mighty. In God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, somebody say every, thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I want to read verses, verse number five again, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of, of Christ. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning, a rescued mind. Somebody shout a rescued mind. 
I had thoughts on last week to end this series, um, but the Lord had different thoughts. Um, so I want to end this series on this morning and prayerfully, y'all, prayerfully. Uh, there's a difference between bouts and bondage. And, and matter of fact, there's a difference between battles and bondage. Uh, somebody say there's a difference. And here's the reality for many believers um, that that don't that simply they don't simply have battles with depression. They don't simply have battles with doubt. They don't simply have battles with self defeat. Many believers are in bondage to doubt. Many believers are in bondage to depression and many believers are in bondage to self defeat. It's not that we just have battles, but we're in bondage. And somebody may be saying, what do I mean? When thoughts of doubt consume you, somebody shout bondage. When thoughts of depression hold you captive, somebody say bondage. And when your thoughts of self-defeat are continual, somebody say bondage. In other words, this is the stuff that comes in our mind that we lose sleep over. I don't know if anybody's ever lost sleep over some stuff where you can't get no rest. Somebody say bondage. This is the stuff that I can't seem to alleviate the stress that is overwhelming my mind. I don't know if you've ever been in that place, but somebody say bondage. Whenever you have thoughts that race through your mind where you start to think, do I need to see somebody? Somebody say bondage. It's not just about the battles that we have in our mind, but many believers are suffering with bondage in their mind. I need y'all to stay with me this morning. Bondage. Uh, this is why we need to be rescued in our mind. And despite what many believers may think and despite what you may believe, believers can be in bondage. Don't let anybody tell you that as a believer, you cannot be in bondage. If you're a believer, you can find yourself in bondage. And this is why the prophet Jeremiah declared this in Jeremiah 13, 17. Do I have this on my screen? Uh, notice what the text says. My soul will weep in secret for your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly and run down with tears. Watch this. Because the Lord's flock has been taken captive. That means believers can find themselves in bondage. These believers were found in bondage, so that means we are not exempt. I don't care. You're not that saved where you can't be found in bondage. You're not such a prayer warrior where you can't be found in bondage. I don't care what title you have. I know you're the bishop, but the bishop can be found in bondage. So we've got to get this out of our mind. I don't know what you've been taught, but as a believer, you can be found in bondage. And watch this. Many of us are in bondage right now, but the reason we don't want to tell nobody is because we don't think believers can be found in bondage. And if I share with somebody that I'm in bondage, I'll, they'll think that I'm less than of a believer. Tell your neighbor, the devil is a liar. We, we, we've got to get that um, pre-notion out of our head. Uh, some versions even of this text says that God's people were carried away into captivity. Some versions say carried away. And if we can be honest, when we're unable to win the battles against our mind, our thoughts can carry us away into bondage. Whenever you can't win the battle in your mind, your very thoughts can take you to a place that you never thought you'd be. What is, somebody may be saying, what do I mean? Unnecessary thoughts that we allow to linger too long can carry you away, away into bondage. Unfruitful thoughts that we listen to for far too long can carry us into bondage. 
and ungodly thoughts, watch this, that lead us for too long can carry us into bondage. And here's a word of wisdom. Whatever leads you into bondage is always a lie. Y'all got to stay with me. I know my baby running around, but I need y'all to hear this. Whatever leads you into bondage, somebody say, it's a lie. lie. Anytime we find ourselves into captivity by our thoughts, it was led by a lie. Because watch this. The reason you doubt is because the enemy lied to you about your vision. Somebody say, it's a lie. The reason you're depressed is because the enemy lied to you about your value. Somebody say, it's a lie. It's a lie. And the reason you're defeated is because the enemy lied to you about your victory. Somebody say it's a lie. Anytime we find ourselves in bondage in our minds where depression is prevalent, where doubt is prevalent, where self-defeat is prevalent, somebody say it's a lie. Oh, and it takes so much to get us out of that lie that the enemy got us in. Because to be found in captivity, you will always be carried away. And watch this. The enemy attempts to carry away our minds with lies. And I believe we find some good news from Jesus in John chapter 8, 31 through 32. I don't know if that's on our screen, but notice what Jesus says. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, stay here. The Jews believed him. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That means even for those who've been carried into captivity by the lies of the enemy, we can still find liberty. So even we may feel like I've been dealing with this all my life. I I feel like I've been struggling with the value on my life for all my life. I've been struggling with depression, but Jesus says, if you can just take hold of the truth, this truth will make you free. In other words, you're never too deep in bondage that you can't break free. Who that's good news to me. So the critical questions we got to answer if we want our minds to be rescued is what truth do we need to know that can set our minds free from the traps of the enemy? What revelation must we understand about a rescued mind? I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text. Paul in our text is addressing the Corinthian church. I need y'all to understand what the Corinthian church struggled with. They struggled with carnality. Somebody say carnality. Carnality. Even if you struggle with carnality, you can be made free. They struggled with conflicts. They they were fighting amongst themselves. Somebody say conflicts. And they even struggled with mental captivity. And he reveals through our foundational text how they found liberty. And I believe we can find liberty despite the lies of the enemy as well. This morning, my prayer is that liberty is our portion. So all I want to do is examine our text so that our minds might be rescued if we receive God's revelation for our rescue. Let's look at verse number three. The Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. How you fight will determine if you fail against the battle in your mind. How you fight, how you fight. And herein lies one of the reasons why many believers remain captive because many of us are fighting wrong. So instead of faith, we fight with our flesh. Instead of worship, we fight with our words. And watch this, instead of prayer, many believers fight with pettiness. They mama ain't got nothing to do with what's going on in your mind. Tell your neighbor, stop being petty. 
So in other words, we have to war different. Somebody say, I got to war different. And this is why you'll never win the battle against your mind until you know how to war different. This means our minds will only be rescued when we war in a different manner. Notice what our foundational text says. Though we walk in the flesh, though we're wrapped in flesh, though they hurt me in my flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Because watch this, whenever there's a spiritual stronghold, your victory requires a spiritual strategy. Did y'all catch what I just said? Wherever there's a spiritual stronghold in my life, I need God to give me a spiritual strategy. And the, way, the reason why many of us find ourselves in deeper bondage is because the strategy is not spiritual. Who's telling anybody I need a spiritual strategy? Uh, because when we, we war, in other words, we war in the spirit. And this is why the enemy wants you to respond in your flesh as a result of the attacks on your mind. Have you ever noticed the first thing that wants to rise up when something goes on in your mind? Somebody say, it's my flesh. When somebody wants, when, when feelings of, of, of self-defeat are depression, watch when people move quickly to alcohol. Somebody say, that's a response to my flesh. As soon as somebody gives me a no concerning this loan that I needed for a business, I want to respond. Somebody say, in my flesh. And God says you'll never get the victory over a spiritual stronghold with a fleshly strategy. So how many times have things been going on in our mind and we failed to get a spiritual strategy? And we wonder why we can't get any level of victory out of it. Somebody say, because I'm in my flesh. I've, I've, we've, got a, we've got a war different. We've got a war different. Even more, notice this. Uh, if we struggle in the fight against bondage, and if it seems you're not progressing in the battle, here's some questions we got to ask ourselves. How am I fighting? When the attacks of the enemy come in my life, do I respond in the flesh or in the spirit? And somebody may be saying, why is this significant? Consider Romans chapter 8, verse 6. I believe it's on our screen. Is that on our screen? Romans chapter 8, verse 6. It's not. Hear, hear what the text says. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That means when we don't war in the spirit, deliverance will never be our portion. If I want deliverance to be my portion, listen, y'all, I know it may have seemed crazy when we grew up in church and folk want to pray over us. They want to put oil on us. We lay on the altar because the old saints knew I've got to fight this thing in the spirit. Listen, some things are spiritual and some things are carnal. And I've got to know the difference. Somebody say know the difference. I've got to be able to discern. Is this a spiritual attack on my life? Or is this something that I really need to go see somebody about? Because some stuff you do need to go see somebody about. All right, y'all don't like that. And watch this. I want to say something real quick. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. So even when I go see somebody, somebody say I'm warring in the spirit. And you think you so deep that you can't see somebody. And watch this. That's a spiritual um, strategy for your deliverance. Sometimes you got to go see somebody. Somebody say, I got a war different. And you wonder why you ain't getting no progress because you don't want to go see nobody. Uh, notice this. Death will always be our portion if we don't war in the spirit. 
even more, watch this, our deliverance is determined by how we choose to fight. It's important to note what Paul says in the first portion of our text. The Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh. Eh, why is this significant? Because many times the enemy will use our flesh or attacks against our flesh to come against our mind. Somebody may be saying, what do I mean? The enemy will use that breakup to, call, to come against your self-esteem. Somebody say, that's a flesh attack to come against my mind. How many times have y'all seen folk that can't get up because after somebody done broke, they look hard? And we done told them that that person was no good for you. And the enemy will use a breakup to come against your mind. See, y'all don't like that. Some of y'all still trying to get over relationships from 15 years ago. Somebody say, that's the enemy. The enemy will use that layoff to come against your drive. Just because you've been laid off, the enemy will use that. Tell your neighbor, he'll magnify that. But if God, and watch this, if God took it from me, even if it took, that means God is preparing something next for me. I'm not going to allow this layoff. I know people laying folks off left and right, but maybe God is setting me up for something greater. And watch this, the enemy will use that know you receive to come against your belief. When you thought you were going to get a yes. When you thought the, the business plan was all in order, the enemy will use that know you'd receive. Even though you believed and you knew God told you that he would do it, the enemy will use attacks against your flesh. Watch this, to attack your mind. Oh, tell your neighbor, the devil is a liar. Oh, so, so, so notice this. Consider what Ephesians 2 and 2 says. I need us to see this. Because even when the enemy comes against your flesh, your fight must remain against him in the spirit. Did y'all hear what I just said? Even when the enemy comes against your flesh, tell your neighbor, I've got to be disciplined to still fight in the spirit. No, notice what the Bible says. Here's why. Ephesians 2 and 2 says this. And once you once walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, somebody say that's the enemy. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. In other words, we've got to be able to respond in the realm where the enemy is fighting you. And somebody say, that's in the spirit. He's not fighting me in the flesh. He's fighting me in the spirit. So anybody with any good sense, you've got to take the battle to where it's happening. Y'all know what, when they say stuff like this, you can't take a knife to a gunfight. And many of us, the reason why you're behind still getting shot up is because you're taking a knife to a gunfight. The Bible says that he is the prince of the power of the air. That means all of his attacks are in the spiritual realm. And many of us still responding in our flesh. You don't wonder why I'm still getting taken out. I, I can't find no sleep. I'm still stressed out. Maybe you find me in your flesh. And listen, the enemy does not get concerned about you fighting in your flesh. Matter of fact, that's how he wants me to respond. I'm not going to allow the enemy to laugh at me, to get the advantage over me, because watch this. Ooh, here's the good news. If the Bible says greater in, is in me than he that is in the world. So that means God has given me the power. He knows if I take the fight in the spirit that he cannot win. So he does all he can 
to get us to respond. Somebody say, in my flesh. So, so I've got to know that I've got a war different. Because watch this, you ain't doing nothing but wasting your time and wearing yourself out by fighting in your flesh. He is the prince of the power of the air. Therefore, our attacks must be in the spirit. Listen, I try my best. I don't want to be the church that always finds ourselves in the church. Y'all know how y'all been to church and you be like, oh, Lord, we don't have our three, four services. And it's been and we don't only have four days out of the week thus far. Y'all ever been to church like that? I, but what we what what the old church really um, was 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 critical in and understood well is about how to fight in the spirit. Amen. That's why the old church they didn't have all this stuff we had. They ain't have no screens. They ain't have no pressures. They ain't have all of that. But they knew how to war in the spirit. Amen. And we wonder why we don't see the level of miracles and breakthrough that we see in the contemporary church that we saw in church of old. Because we don't know how to war. Somebody say, in the spirit. In the spirit. We know how to come up with a tagline. We know how to create a t-shirt. We know how to come up with some graphics. But we don't know how to war in the spirit. And watch this. I know we be doing a little good thing with our flyers and church flyers. But many churches spend more time on church flyers. And you think you're going to be delivered by a sermon series topic and not understanding how to war in the spirit. Oh, we've got to get back to the church of old. Somebody say, I got a war different. Y'all got to learn. Watch this. Got to learn how to get on the altar and not get up until you get an answer from God. You've, you've got to get on your face until the enemy. Watch this. Flees. Because the Bible says if you resist the enemy, he'll flee. But none of us know how to resist the enemy. And we resist the enemy by being in the spirit. I need some folk that when I can't pray for myself, that I got some prep partners that know how to watch this go up in tongues. You may not know how to speak in tongues, but you need some folk around you that do. Okay, see, y'all don't like that. Y'all gonna stay being beat up by the enemy. Tell your neighbor, we gonna war different. So the first thing I needed us to understand, if you wanna be rescued in your mind, we've got a war different. Somebody say, I got a war in the spirit. I need to say this real quick. My wife, brings up this gentleman a lot it's uh judah smith he has a large church in seattle and he was doing a teaching and and the the parishioners kept saying uh pastor judah could you just make the teaching a little bit more practical can you can you just can you make it just break it down what do i need to do and listen some of us want stuff so practical and god says just get on your face and see what i'll do just call. This is why the old saint said something happens when you call his name. You ain't got to know no scriptures, but somebody say call his name. Ooh, I pray we can get back to just calling his name. That's why they had Terry in service. Your behind came up different after you called his name. Now I want to look at verse number four. The Bible says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Here's the good news. When we war different, our weapons have strength against strongholds. This is why I've got a war different. Because the weapons that God has watched this already equipped me with have strength when I war differently. So I have strength against strongholds. Because when you have thoughts that have caused your mind perpetual pain, somebody say, I need power. See, I, I don't need folk that just know a little scripture. I need some power on that scripture. Because when stuff, when you've been dealing with stuff, 
your whole life, when you've been dealing with stuff for months on end, where you can't find rest for your mind, somebody say, I need power. So, so, so God says that here's, here's the next thing I need us to know. Our weapons are divine. They're divine. Because uh, you, I don't know about you, but when you've been captive in your mind, you don't just need somebody that say they're going to pray for you. You need power. I don't need nobody just to give me a pat on my back for encouragement. I need power. And I don't just need a five-step process. Somebody say, I need power. Oh, I need power. And this is why the weapons necessary to rescue our mind are divine. Watch this. In other words, they have powers against principalities, rulers of darkness, and wickedness in high places. Notice what the latter portion of verse 4 of our foundational text says uh, concerning our weapons. The Bible says that they are mighty in God. Somebody say in God. For the pulling down of strongholds. And this word mighty in our text is the Greek word dunatus, which means enabled or properly able. That means, watch this, God enables our weapons and God also makes those weapons effective against the enemy. Here's what I'm trying to say. You can know how to pray, but if God don't ever put his power on your prayer, that prayer was useless. You can know all the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, but if God never puts his power on it, it's useless. Somebody say that scripture is useless. So I need, although God says what's in me is greater than he that is in the world, I need God to put his power on what's in me. Tell your neighbor, I need my weapons to be divine. So hear this, the critical question we got to ask ourselves are what weapons am I equipped with? What, what weapons am I using in this fight? Uh, because it's not, watch this, it's not just how you fight that will determine your victory, but it's what you fight with. Notice this. Is Ephesians 6.11 on the screen? All right, notice what the Bible says. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you do not have the armor of God, somebody say of God, of God. that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. So notice this. In verses 14 through 18 of Ephesians 6, it reveals our weapons. And I want to say them real quick. Uh, it talks about um, this belt of truth. Somebody say truth. truth. It says the breastplate of righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. Right. It says that our feet have the shoes of peace. Somebody say peace. peace. Uh, it also talks about the shield of faith. Somebody say faith. faith. The helmet of salvation. Somebody say salvation. salvation. The sword of the spirit. Somebody say that's the word. And then it says this, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Oh, here's the good news. It says, in the spirit. Somebody say spirit. spirit. Your victory is rooted in these weapons. But hear this. When one weapon is missing, your mind will remain vulnerable. Did y'all hear what I just said? When one, somebody say one. When one of those weapons are missing, my mind becomes now vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. Because here's what the enemy does. And I said this in the beginning of this sermon series. He's always looking for access. So you may have faith, but he knows that you do not have the shoes of peace. And I can get you to respond in your flesh if you don't have the shoes of peace. He's going to always look for access. Tell your neighbor, I need the whole arm of God. So here's what we got to do. 
when we have battles against our mind, I've got to go to Ephesians chapter 6 and make sure somebody say that I'm fully equipped. He's already equipped us. Did y'all see that? He's already given it to us. So I've got to make sure, do I have this on today? Am I sure about my salvation? Even though, watch this. And here's where a lot of believers get beat up. The reason why we lose the shield of faith is because we get caught up of what's going on in the natural. Tell your neighbor that faith ain't got nothing to do with that. It's the substance of things not seen. So I can't get caught up that my baby daddy not treating me right. I can't get caught up that my bank account ain't lining up with my bills. I've got to make sure that I have faith in the substance of things not seen. Substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I got to keep my mind, somebody say, in the spirit. And many of us are losing the battle because we don't, we're not fully equipped. Somebody say, I got to be fully equipped. And the good news, he's already given it to us. Here's a word of wisdom. Many times it's not that these weapons aren't available. It's just that a believer is not using them. Oh, that's the saddest tragedy. Watch this. It's for a believer to neglect what's necessary for their victory. God says, I've already given it to you. So I don't want to neglect what God says. I've already given to you. That's necessary for your victory. Oh, y'all hearing me this morning? So watch this. Notice what Paul declares in Ephesians 1.3. I believe it's on our screen. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because somebody don't believe me. Who, and, 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 who has somebody say already? Already blessed us in the heavenly realms with every, somebody say every 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 spiritual blessing that means God has already given it to us yes. it's already been laid up but we've got to ask ourselves am I using the weapons ask your neighbor are you using the weapons, are you using the weapons? that's good news that God knew that the enemy was going to try to attack your mind before the foundations of the world and he says, I've already given you every spiritual blessing in Christ. He said, I knew that the enemy was going to try to torment your flesh. And he says, I've already given it to you. Oh, somebody that say that's good news. That's good news. I've, al I've already been given it. And watch this. This means God has given us every spiritual blessing and weapon. That means, watch this, for some of us who think we can't survive it, God says, I've already equipped you with perseverance. Even though the enemy wants you to lose your mind and think that somebody going to have to baker act you, somebody say, I've already been given peace. Oh, that's good news, y'all. You can make it because he's giving you perseverance. You don't have to lose your mind because he says, I've already given it to you. He's given me peace. And watch this. Even, watch this, for some of us that think we can't utter a word. He's already given you the ability to pray. Some, when, when, when things come against our mind, especially the enemy, we've got to say, I've already been equipped. 
Watch this. I'm going to say this, and I, I promise you she don't mind me saying this. Miss Deborah, the enemy is going to make you believe that you can't survive on your own. But somebody say, she's already equipped. The enemy is going to try to come against Kim and her family and believe the matriarch is gone. What are we to do? Somebody say, she's already equipped. We've got to make sure when the enemy comes with a lie that I tell myself I'm already equipped. Even when I want to give up, I'm already equipped. Even when I feel like I can't pray, I'm already equipped. And when you can declare that you're already equipped, watch this, the enemy will flee. Shout that one more time, I'm already equipped. So this is why, watch this, defeat in our minds never has to be our portion when we use weapons that are divine. Our minds can be rescued because our weapons are divine. And I'm almost done, y'all. I, I said um, that our weapons are divine. I said that we war different. And watch verse number five. The Bible says, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I said this before and I, and when I began this sermon series, and it's not so much about the thoughts that enter in, but it has more to do with the thoughts we entertain. Okay? It's not so much what comes into my mind, but it's what, in, what I entertain in my mind. Tell your neighbor, be careful what you entertain. Because as long as hear this, y'all ain't going to like this. I don't care who don't like it. As long as we're wrapped in flesh, thoughts of sin will enter in. Y'all know what Pastor, um, I said Pastor because that's on his life. What Minister Dominique said earlier concerning me, he said if there's any bondage, if there's any lust, if there's any sin, and many of us get so caught up in the title that we believe that, that, that thoughts of sin won't enter the pastor's mind. As long as I'm wrapped in flesh, thoughts of sin will enter my mind. And listen, this don't make you no less saved if a thought of sin enters your mind. Somebody say that's just temptation. I, see, they, they don't like to teach all this. It, thoughts of seduction will enter your mind. And watch this. Thoughts of low self-esteem will enter your mind. I tell my, I tell my wife this all the time. Am I lying, Serena? Oh, I'm, I'm a tell. There are, watch this. There are seasons in my life where confidence is lacking. I began, I began to have, have, have issues with self-doubt and self-esteem. I, I get in places where I got to say, Serena, pray for me. Everything can be going well. Yeah. Somebody say, well. Yeah. And then those thoughts still enter in. But it's not what enters in. It's what I entertain. And the reason I've got to tell my wife to pray for me so I don't entertain them. The reason I don't find myself in a hole by myself and say, Pastor Cole, can you preach on Sunday? Is because I don't entertain them. And many of us lose the battle against our mind because we entertain thoughts that enter in. So, so, so the critical thing, if I want my mind rescued, I gotta withstand the demonic. Ah, that may seem too deep or too out there for y'all, but I'm going to tell y'all what that means. In other words, don't make a safe place for where sin, seduction, and low self-esteem are not welcome. Did y'all hear that? Many of us make a safe place in our minds for sin. Ooh, that's, ooh that do feel good. Ooh, and we just start thinking about it. Ooh, I saw that and I just, ooh, yes. 
we make a safe place. I'm not lying, y'all. When seduction comes, I'm just going to get this close. I don't know. I, I think I can get a little bit closer. Somebody say a safe space. Safe space. And then watch this. When, when thoughts of low self-esteem enter in, I make a safe space. I say, yeah, you're right. I'm not good enough. Yeah, they looked me over because I was not qualified. Yeah, they gave me the no because God did not tell me yes. Somebody say, I made a safe space for things that are not welcome. Oh, Jesus, I need y'all to stay with me. And watch this. Notice why? Because we've got to remember whatever those things are, they're lies. Somebody say they're lies. Notice what our foundational text says. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That means we must evict what the enemy wants us to entertain. You have to declare everything that is wicked. Somebody say not of God. It's not welcome. I know you want to come in, but you're not of God. You're not welcome. As soon as it comes in, you've got to declare you're not welcome. Y'all know how we say in the song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Y'all Y'all welcome in the wrong things. And you wonder why you can't get no sleep. Maybe you're welcoming the wrong things. And hear this. I need y'all to see this. Everything that says my marriage won't work, somebody say it's not welcome. Everything that says I'm not who God made me to be, somebody say it's not welcome. Everything that's, that says I need to minimize sin, somebody say it's not welcome. If we desire our minds to be rescued, then we must, watch this, um, withstand the demonic. Watch this. We put up resistance against what does not want our minds to be rescued. Y'all heard what I just said? I've got to put up a level of resistance for what does not want our minds to be rescued. So I want to say that's demonic. Uh, so here's a word of wisdom. I need y'all to be mindful of what people welcome in their lives. Y'all hear what I just said? Because what you welcome is what you really want. Listen, I don't just get down with everybody. I've got to examine their lives and see what they welcome in their lives. Because whatever you welcome, you really want. Hear me when I say this. Miss Alvera about to get a new car. Anybody that she welcome in that car, she really want. In that car. When you get you a new house, I know some folk just open up their doors. But whatever, you, if you just open up your doors, that means everybody is welcome. And that's what you really want. So here's what I'm trying to say. People that easily welcome things that are not of God in their lives, somebody say that's what they really want. You, you ain't fooling nobody. That's what you really want. You crying to us about that man, but you keep welcoming them back. Tell your neighbor that's what you really want. You keep crying about this debt, but you keep going to the store, spending money that you do not have. Somebody say, that's what you really want. I'm not going to rescue folk that I got themselves in stuff that they really want. So we've got to assess what you welcome. Listen, the only reason that y'all ain't get invited to our house yet, y'all welcome. We just ain't got no house yet. So I don't, know what, I don't want nobody saying yet. Pastor Keith don't want, and we ain't, we, I ain't welcome at Pastor Keith's house. Yes, y'all welcome. We waiting to get our house. Somebody say, pray for the pastor. It's the same thing, watch this, in the spirit. 
I'm not fighting for or fighting with those who welcome wickedness. That's going to help a whole bunch of y'all. Listen, I had a, I was, I was, I was, I was planning to be stern with somebody this week. Pastor Cole and the minister Chantel know it. I was planning to be stern. If their language did not change, I was going to get them because I'm saying you're welcoming wickedness in your life. Things that are not of God. You're saying that you want to be well, but you're not doing the things that make yourself well. And you're welcoming things that are not of God. Somebody say, that's demonic. I ain't going to be laboring with you in prayer and you welcoming stuff that ain't of God. I'm not going to be, watch this, I'm not going to tell Miss Nicole to write no benevolence check and you are welcoming stuff that is not of God. That's going to help us. Somebody say, that's going to help us. And watch this, somebody say, that's going to help me. Stop running to try to help folk and they're welcoming stuff that is not, watch this, conducive for their deliverance. Oh, that's going to help somebody. I wish I would have learned that a long time ago. And that's, that's critical for many of us who have open hearts. Because we're moved by our emotions and our feelings. And because we see a need, we move. And then I realize and I look back. They don't want to be delivered. This is why Jesus said this. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? All right, and listen, we ain't even got to ask folk that. All you got to do is assess what they will. That's it. They're going to think you a prophet. Somebody say they're going to think you a prophet. Some people don't really want deliverance because they welcome the demonic. And notice what Paul warned believers with these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Notice what the Bible says. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? What is Paul trying to say? People only fellowship with people they have fun with. People will only fellowship with people they have fun with. So if you find folk that have fellowship with lawlessness and have communion with darkness, really what they're saying is I have fun with it. Bishop Bronner said it like this. It's not that I don't like it anymore. It's just not available. But for some folk, for some folk, they still like it. Tell you maybe they still like it. So you've got to be careful, watch this, of what you're in fellowship with. Is this conducive for my deliverance? I'm complaining, asking folk to pray with me, and I'm tied up with what's demonic. And we wonder why we can't get deliverance. Uh, They like it. Uh, The only reason some believers can't, won't withstand the demonic is because we have some believers that get down with the demonic. And it's not so deep, y'all. It's whatever is not of God. Somebody say, that's demonic. We try to make it all kind of stuff. We like to say yoga and witchcraft. No, that demonic is anything that is not of God. So anything that you do in your life that is not of God, somebody say, that's demonic. You don't like to forgive people. Somebody say, that's demonic. You don't know how to give honor to your mother and your father. Somebody say, that's demonic. You don't know how to love your wife or your husband. Somebody say that's demonic. I had to quickly, I had to quickly, I had to quickly, I had to beg my wife. I said, boo, I'm sorry, because I didn't want to operate in what's demonic. Y'all hear me? And we, listen, all the enemy needs, somebody say, is access. And some of the things that we take is so subtle, 
Satan creeps in because now he has somebody to say access. So little stuff like that saying, I ain't going to talk to my wife tonight. Somebody say, I've just given the enemy access. And then watch this. I even give the enemy access to start operating and putting attacks on her mind. All because of my demonic behavior. Jesus, help your people. We've got to withstand that which is demonic. Here's the good news. Deliverance is available even when we believe we've been defeated in our mind. Deliverance is available even for, for the doubt that tries to creep in your mind. And watch this. That's deliverance for your depression. And somebody say, you, sometimes you got to go see somebody. You got to go see somebody. And somebody say, that's warring in the spirit. Freedom for our minds is both our portion and our promise. Notice this. Jesus himself declared in Luke 4.18 that he has anointed, he's been anointed to, to set the captive free. That means he's been anointed to set us free. And this is why our minds have access to be rescued. Yet our minds require, watch this, we've got a war different. Somebody say, I got a war in the spirit. I, I need to make sure that my weapons are divine. Somebody say divine. And all you got to do is go to Ephesians chapter 6. I pray y'all was taking notes. We're going to send this out because there's going to be some watches. Whenever, whenever God gives you a word, the enemy will always attack you on that word. Did y'all hear what I just said? Don't think it or consider it strange where you have attacks on your mind. Somebody say this week. All right. So we've got to make sure that we're equipped. Okay. Somebody say I got to be equipped. Go to Ephesians chapter 6 and see do I have my weapons ready for today. And watch this, our weapons, our warfare requires that we withstand the demonic. And when we can do all of that, notice verse 6 of our foundational text. Notice what the Bible says. Being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When we, watch this, fulfill our level of obedience and attempt to rescue our minds, the Bible says, then we'll be ready to punish all disobedience. In other words, God gives us the ability to wage and win against disobedience. Everything that opposes who God says I am, I can win against it. Y'all hear that? Everything that opposes who, that is challenging what God has poured in me, somebody say, I can win. But I need y'all to notice something. You don't win until your obedience is fulfilled. God says, Jesus says, I've been anointed to set you free. Do y'all hear that? He's already been anointed. But that setting free is not fulfilled until your obedience is. So what God is saying, you've got a war different before I step in. You've got to make sure that your weapons are divine before I step in. And many of us, are praying to God for deliverance and God isn't stepping in because our obedience has not been fulfilled. We've not withstand the demonic. This is why the Bible says, let no flesh glory in my presence. We want God to come in and flesh is glory. We're entertaining things that are demonic. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Your deliverance for your mind, somebody say, it begins with me. We don't like that. The deliverance for your mind, somebody say it again, it begins with me. I want us to stand to our feet.
everybody that's been battling with some stuff in their mind. God says, Jesus says, I've been anointed to set the captive free. Whatever you've been struggling with, I want you, watch this, to get that on your mind. You know what you've been struggling with. It might be doubt. It might be self-defeat. It might be depression. God says all disobedience will be punished when we fulfill our obedience. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. God, we need you. God, we need you. And God, we know, God, if we need you to step in, it begins with us. Thank you, God, for our first steps towards deliverance. God, help us, God, for our minds to be rescued. God, your people can't get no sleep, God. Help their minds to be rescued. God, your people, God, are struggling, God, with stress because of what's going on in their minds. God, some of us, God, are contemplating, do I need to see somebody? Help us, God, because of what's going on in our minds. The enemy has a on, a full-on onslaught on our minds, God. But we thank you, God, that deliverance is available. I pray, God, for every believer. God calls them to war different. God calls them not to respond in their flesh even when the enemy attacks their flesh. God, let us take the battle to him in the spirit realm. I pray, God, and, and I thank you, God, that we fight different. Many of us know how to fight in a natural, God, but teach us how to fight in the spirit. God, give us the images of the church of old that stayed on, to, on the altar to something broke. God, give us, God, images of the church at old that just called your name till something happened. God calls us, God, even when we can't pray for ourselves, to get us somebody that can war in the spirit with us and for us. We'll war different, God. And I pray, God, and I thank you, God, that we'll be equipped with weapons that are divine. God, your people, God, you've, you've said, God, that you've already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. That means every weapon that we need for our victory, God, you've given it to us. Let us, God, not neglect what's necessary for our victory. Let us pick up prayer. Let's, let us pick up faith. Let us pick up the shoes of peace. Let us pick up, God, the belt of truth. God, let us have the sword of the spirit. God, help us, God, we pray. And God, we thank you, God, that we can withstand the demonic. Anything that is not like you, anything that opposes you, God, we won't entertain it. It may enter in, but God, we won't entertain it. Let us not have fellowship or welcome stuff, God, that is not wanted. We thank you and honor you. And God, we thank you, God, that our deliverance is available. I know somebody came to church this morning thinking they'll be delivered right, right away. But God, we thank you, God. And everybody in this place say deliverance begins with me. As soon as we can fulfill our obedience, God, you will punish all disobedience. And for that, we say thank you. Every believer that believes deliverance is available for their, their minds and that deliverance is on the way. Say thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. 
And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.